0: We welcome you to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. We host multiple opportunities to learn more about the Arabian horse breeds shared for horse lovers of all ages. Contact us if you'd like to learn more about sponsor opportunities. We Love Arabian Horses is pleased to publish our community cookbook. We would love to include you in your best recipe and sponsorship as a long-term keeper in our community. For your chance to be included in the cookbook from the kitchens of Arabian horse enthusiasts, visit welovearabianhorses.com slash cookbook. To learn more, that's we welovearabianhorses.com slash cookbook to submit your recipe or become a sponsor. Deadline to submit is August 31st, 2021. So make sure to get your recipes in.
1: Well, hello, this is Debbie Kane with We Love Arabian Horses, and I am absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to speak to her hatness or the hat lady as we know her, Terry Deering. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Debbie. I'm glad to be here with you. Well, thank you. Uh, You're quite the icon in the Arabian horse show world. There isn't a Nationals or a Scottsdale previous to this year that you haven't been in the forefront for how many years now, Terry? You know, I started at the national level in 1984. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that is remarkable. And what in the world ever gave you the idea to start the hat lady booth?
2: You know, it kind of started early on with uh, my small young daughter and looking for hats to fit her and ones that matched an outfit. And I just started to experience that uh, hats were hard to find and, you know, we didn't have them available at the horse shows that were the right ones for the show. And it just kind of one thing led to another and I painted hats to match outfits and, steamed hats so I could make enough money to go to the horse shows and show <laughs> my own horse and then for my daughter to show.
1: And I remember you had a fabulous Western pleasure horse. I don't remember his name or her name. Um, I've, I've had
2: numerous ones over the years, but the probably the one you remember, I think his name was, um, oh gosh, now I have to think about it. We called him Reggie, Rampage and it was oh, a little yeah. bay little bay horse with four white socks that one
1: yes exactly he was quite the quite the star in western pleasure he was a lot of fun you know
2: everyone thought he was huge but he was only like maybe 14 hands standing on a rock
1: <laughs> well good so you started this you said in 1984 was that just when you were trying to help your daughter or was that when you had a booth no, that's when I started, you know, I started with the booth at the Canadian
2: Nationals and uh, I was steaming hats and um, coloring hats with a with an airbrush was when I first started there. But I had started actually before that locally so I could afford to go to the horse shows because I didn't have any money and we, you know, we had a small um, business and my husband said, we don't have any extra money for you to go to the show. So you're going to have to figure out how to make money. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I started by shaping people's hats, and um, and then I would make enough money to go to that horse show, and then I would shape more hats and go to the next horse
1: show, and then people, you know, they would pay me to shape their hat, and that's how I made money. Wow. Quite, quite an addiction that we all have in how to make money to go to the horse show and show the oh, next horse. It, you
2: can do anything you want if you're willing to work hard enough for it.
1: I understand that. And so... You started with this the shaping and the coloring of hats and so forth, and you've now progressed to a huge booth. And I know that you you have everything from socks to hair pieces. I mean, tell us the variety of things that you have. You know, it
2: started just a little bit at a time, but it started with the hats and then gloves. And then, you know, people would say, could you get me? And each thing kind of got added along the way. And then you start to find little things that people can get, you know, as a gift, you know, the socks and the boots and, you know, costume jewelry that we wear, you know, that we use in the show ring, you know, lapel pins, earrings, hair pins, you know, people would come when we, we also at the horse shows do people's buns. And so we have bun- extra buns because some people don't have enough hair to have a bun. So we created these (laughs) little, you know, I've found a a supplier that has little buns that you can add on and it looks just like your own hair. People go, how did you do that? (laughs) So it makes it fun that you can have all these extra little things that make people welcome into the space and feel comfortable to come tell their story and get fixed up. And it's a part of the, part of the, services that we offer to make people feel comfortable at playing horse show.
1: Well, and you certainly do make people feel comfortable. Um, at the nationals this year, I was just amazed at how many people walked by that had your jackets on. How do you ever come up with the designs for these Terry?
2: You know, um, uh, my dear friend, her name is Chris Bjork. She and I together started, I believe in 1991, sitting down at a horse show that we had met at and started coming up with little ideas and one little idea grew into another little idea and um i've always been kind of an artist at at heart i created as a kid i I got my first horse from drawing cartoon characters and selling them to my friends for a quarter and that was that's how i bought my first horse and she and i together would sit down and we'd draw napkins and little pieces of paper and she was a very talented um, embroidery artist, so she would take my ideas and together we would create each one of these designs. And then as time's gone on, um, my husband Tom has, has helped to create the ideas because he's learned from Chris how to create the embroidery files. So, you know, we, we continue to work together, all of us.
1: Well, you keep tweaking things, I guess, but it is just remarkable when you bejewel things. I, I know that the audience really appreciates that because it, the things that you make are absolutely stunning.
2: Well, I thank you very, very much. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's it, Each one of them is an individual because... It you just when you add the bling to the design it changes it totally and it makes it really fun and the people it it makes it fun to wear and it it's a part of their personal history of their horse and their horse show experience and they can let people know bragging rights on what they've done and how they've accomplished what they've done and people come up and ask them questions what does that mean and You know, sometimes it's not even a horse person. They're wearing it at the grocery store and they see something and that inspires them maybe to go take a riding lesson or go learn about horses or get involved in the Arabian industry.
1: (laughs) I have to tell you a funny story, and this is away from your interview, but it's a really funny story. Um, My son and daughter-in-law were living in Las Vegas and my husband and I went and we went to the grocery store and picked up some things and I was standing in line and the uh, checkout gal said to me, oh, wow, that's really unusual necklace you're wearing. What is that? And I said, oh, it's a stirrup. And she said, oh, you must be a gynecologist. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so those horse things are pretty distinctive everywhere you go. But I think this lady got confused. <laughs> she probably that's had her the day before. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: um, I, my, um, my grandpa, who is long past now, he would, he would get every once in a while, I'd give him one of the coats that, you know, were left over, or it, you know, had a date on it that no one bought or something. And he loved to wear them because it was an instant conversation standing in line at the grocery store. And he would tell, you know, tell the story about you know, me and what I was doing and, you know, he got the jacket for Christmas and, you know, yeah, same kind of stories, you know, but it was, he loved it because he could wear them. And then he always had a conversation that encouraged, you know, something about the horses and what was going on.
1: Well, we just looked yesterday at Scottsdale entries closing. Are you planning on having a booth this year at Scottsdale?
2: You know, I'm still on the fence um, because I had a kidney transplant last year that makes me high risk for this COVID virus. Uh So I'm kind of hoping that we can see a big drop in cases and that would make it potentially possible. But as of today, I'd say no. And it's really, really difficult for me to have to say that because being the hat lady is my life and I love it. And I just can't imagine not being there. But I also can't, um, I can't be irresponsible with a gift that Deb Whitty gave me, which was one of her kidneys so I could survive. And I just am so grateful but I don't want to abuse that
1: privilege. No, I certainly understand. And that's a story all by itself. How did you and Deb ever connect so that she knew you needed this kidney? You know,
2: she and I've been friends since probably about 1980. And she was a little girl and I was just a little older girl. And, um, We have been friends all these years and um, we've done a lot of horse things together. She's been my friend. She's been my trainer. She's been uh, an employee. Her mom's been an employee, you know, working at the shows because we like to have friends come. And um, I had wrote a Facebook posting that was kind of a general, um, just kind of a general donation potential Um, And if anyone was interested, they could make, they could apply to the um, Virginia Mason donor. You know, that's the hospital I went to. mm -hmm. And she called me on the phone and she goes, I'm going to be your donor. And I said, I I didn't know what to say. I was like, wow, that's a, such a a commitment that you're making for me. And she goes, I'm applying and I'm going to be your donor. And, you know, we maintained, you know, our connection with that throughout the whole process because as the, the person who's donating the the part of the hospital will not allow you to be communicate directly with it the, with them uh-huh. only if they choose to to communicate so along the way she'd say you know i'm getting tested i've done this i've done that and there was another gal a horse tra- horse trainer's wife um rich duran laura duran also applied, and there was numerous other people, but those two were the ones that came up closest to being potential donors. And um, Deb, I finally got a phone call in January of 2019. It said, "You're you have a donor," and I'm thinking, "Well, who is it?" And Deb called me about a half an hour later and said, "I'm the donor." Oh and, wow! And it was just so remarkable. And we planned, you know, at that moment we planned ahead to do the transplant in November after the horse show season was over uh-huh. and there we went. So it's been wow. one year and a little bit of time and uh, everything's going well. And I've been very successful in my process and and as, as Deb
1: has been. Oh, that's so fabulous. It gives me goosebumps just listening to the story and what of Commitment of friendship that is to be unbelievable.
2: To- it, it there's no words that you can say to someone who has given you a gift like that. I mean, it it's sometimes it's overwhelming, and we have a little um, Facebook page called Kidney Sisters where we sometimes write about, you know, things that have happened and things that are done, and it's important that we keep following through with, so other people can see that. That this is a possibility. And there's other people in our industry that are struggling that need kidney donors. And if there's any way that we can mention that, that's a great potential for people that we can, you
1: know, somebody can give up their kidney
2: and even survive just fine if you're healthy enough.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that's great information to pass along. How would somebody reach out and apply to be a kidney donor?
2: You know, um, you can contact one of your local hospitals that does transplants Uh and you can be what they call an altruistic donor, which you're not choosing who you're donating to. It just goes to whoever is your match. Uh Or you can choose to donate to someone that you know personally that is in need. And sometimes, even though you're giving a kidney, it may not go to your friend, but it could go to someone in what they call a a chain of characters that are all involved. So maybe your kidney goes to Susie and the the guy that was going to donate to Susie goes to Charlie and and it could be, you know, a bunch of different people involved and, you know, like a group of maybe even eight that everybody everybody ends up with a kidney, and um, but not necessarily to the person that you were going to donate to
1: directly because you didn't match that person. Whoa, that's very interesting, Terry. Well, you know,
2: it's pretty amazing what they can do. I mean, I'm a I'm a testament to that.
1: Yes, and we are all a testament to the fact that your booth and your products and your sharing of creativity have made a very Large impact on the entire Arabian community. Um, Thank you. It's, it's just overwhelming when you see how many people are wearing the things that you have created.
2: You know, and it started out very slow. It was a little bit at a time, and it, and it's constantly been mutating and changing and improving, and 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 it's all about an individual's. Experience at the Arabian Horse Shows and how they have come to, to, you know, how they've earned it and how they've earned their wins and how much time they've put into, you know, helping their horse along and, and all the people involved the family, the horse trainers, the veterinarians, the horseshoers, everybody's involved to promote what we've done with our Arabian Horses and what it does for people.
1: And to love an Arabian horse is a remarkable gift I'm sure you've seen it many times when the especially when the youth riders come into your booth and they want something to wear that speaks to their win uh, you have to see that admiration between the horse and the owner just reflect in their eyes I would imagine you know
2: um, it's a special time and that's the hardest part to miss when I haven't come to the horse shows this past year is that excitement of sometimes it's little things and sometimes it's big things. I mean, a top 10 is a huge, a a huge win for anybody and to see those kids come in and, and have saved their money so they can make a purchase on a jacket so they can be like everyone else. I want, I want to be like everyone else. I, I have accomplished this and that's so important to them to be able to move forward into the next part of the, the adventure and that I miss all that.
1: And it's with the adults as well. Oh, I'm sure it has to be very rewarding to provide such a positive service for the exhibitors.
2: Well, it's a, I'm so grateful because they have allowed me to continue all these years and it's a big part of our lives. And we, you know, we enjoy it. We look forward to it. It's been very difficult not to be there for them this year.
1: Well, as time marches on and given whatever decision you make it, somebody isn't able to meet with you personally at a show. Can they reach out to you some other way and order a hat or boots or a jacket?
2: Oh, absolutely. We've actually had quite a, you know, quite a few sales, you know, after each show, when people call and, you know, place an order, they can do it on online. Or they can call me directly and directly sometimes better because then I can actually feel out exactly what they want. Sometimes uh-huh. when you just place an order online, it gets, it, it's hard to, it, they don't know exactly what they want. And so I, then you have to kind of figure it out, but pretty much just give me a phone call and it, you know, all my information's on my website. And um, what is that? It's, website, Harry? it's the, it is lady
1: Dot com. Well, that's easy. And your telephone number in case anybody wants to reach out to you. Two zero six
2: four six five seven zero seven nine.
1: Perfect. Well, I so appreciate you sharing some time with us this morning, and I look forward to seeing you and all of your great creations at Scottsdale if you're able to come. Um, And I know that there are a whole group of people out there who are very excited about sharing their story and reflecting it through a jacket that you've created for them.
2: Well, I'm very like I said I'm very honored that they've been a part of our life and our business and that we can continue to do this for them and make it be such an important part of their experience with their Arabian horse and with all the people that are involved it's a huge family and we really see them coming forward to try to help each other and that's an important part of our Arabian horse community.
1: It certainly is and once again I thank you and I look forward to seeing you and if anybody wants to reach out to you, they now have your information. And if they want to reach out to, we love Arabian horses, they can do that as well. And hopefully we'll look forward to talking to you soon.
2: Thank you very much, Deb.
1: Nice to have you.
0: Thanks again for listening today and watch for our upcoming podcasts. We love Arabian horses is an ambassador community that promotes Arabian horses with fellow horse lovers globally. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more like it, make sure to subscribe to We Love Arabian Horses on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. To share ideas for topics and guests with us, and to learn more about sponsorship opportunities, send us an email to hello at welovearabianhorses.com.